Welcome to episode 210 of the No Persinium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro Studio, a.k.a. the kitchen table here in Los Angeles. This week on the show, we've got Jacob Patterson of Think Tank Gallery and Bobby of the Pizza Boys to talk about the new exhibit at Think Tank, Nothing Cheesy, which is a, kind of a satirical take on the selfie palace phenomenon. We're going to be talking about that. Um, I just want to give you a heads up because uh, we've, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to do right at the top. But I want to give you a heads up uh, for explicit content on this one. Uh, there's uh, there's a, a lot of cursing in this episode. <laughs> we're just we're uh, we're 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 in it. We're in it. Uh, so just if uh, you got sensitive ears around. Uh, I had a I had a thing in my notes that said uh, content warning 50, around 52 minutes. I scrubbed around this morning trying to find what it was. I cannot for the life of me find what it was. So somewhere about 50 minutes into the interview, somewhere in there, uh, we talk about something. <laughs> I wish it was. I wish I could find it. Uh, or maybe maybe I was just being weird. But I made a little note. So just know that like there's some sensitive topics discussed in here. All right, let's get into a few things before we get started. First off, something special. Uh, Klaus Rasted of, uh, reached out to us um, on behalf of the College of Extraordinary Experiences last this week, actually, uh, because he was like, uh, hey, I, I know you're going through some money issues at the moment, and what if uh, the college uh, put up two tickets to the college uh, and uh, did that as a fundraiser for NoPro. And I said, well, let's let's figure out how we're going to do this. Um, before we get into that, y- if you haven't heard of the college, here's what it is. Um, it is not a conference, all right? So it's not a place where you go and you sit and listen. Uh, this is an experiential story learning experience. Oh, did I just say experiential experience? I did. So let me read their copy and not try and do it out of my brain. Here you learn through story and play. The college is both a place where experience design is, the, is in focus, but also an experience in and of itself. This means no speakers and no lectures, but participatory experiences and a co-created event. This has been going on for a couple of years now. Uh, it happens uh, in a castle in Poland. So this is happening in Europe. So this is this is a kind of a major, major undertaking to go. It is uh, September 23rd through 27th. So it's it's next month. Um, so it's, it's nigh upon us and, uh, it's an expensive ticket. Uh, the academic invitation is 3,600 euros and the business invitation is 7,200 euros. So, uh, this is, this is not a cheap ticket, but what we're going to do is the college is giving us a pair of tickets that we're going to auction off. We're setting the reserve at 5,000 euros dollars us for the pair so the reserve on it is twenty five hundred dollars a ticket so that's less than the academic invitation you still got to get yourself to poland so that'd be on you if you got the pair of tickets uh and what we're going to do is we're going to split the proceeds so half of it's going to go to the college 
half of it's going to go to no pro. So if we were to sell the tickets at reserve at 5,000, we'd get $2,500. And that would be enough to guarantee October for us here, uh, given the Patreon and everything else. Uh, I know we can get through October. And if we sell uh, the thing at uh, you know, $10,000, uh, you know, for the pair, which would still be under the price of two normal tickets to the event, um, then we'd uh, we'd have October and November and, and probably at that point be able to know that we can get through the, the rest of the year. So this is a really generous offer on the part of Klaus and the college. What we're going to do is we're going to have an auction next week. Uh, we're going to open it up. Um, I We're going to put a post up on NoPro. Uh, that has all the relevant information. Um, we're going to uh, start the auction on Tuesday the 20th at noon Eastern Standard Time, and it will run until noon Eastern Time on the 23rd. We're going to operate it by email. The email for that is going to be extraordinary at noproscenium.com. And uh, just about um, every, every uh, few hours, uh, we're going to announce... Every three hours, that's that's the plan, because uh, between between us, between uh, the states and Europe, we should be up. Every three hours, we're going to announce where uh, the highest bid at the moment, so people can can stay up to date. Um, this this is a high, this is a big ticket thing, so I don't expect this to be. Uh, not everyone can, you know, at the drop of a hat, go to Europe. But if this is something you're interested in or thinking about. Uh, I'd encourage you to go onto the college's website and check it out and see who's going to be there and what it's going to be about. Uh, it's a really unique experience. And um, if I had the means, I'd probably pop off myself because um, I'm deeply curious as to what's going on there. So again, super generous offer. And we're, um, we're excited uh, to get this going on. Um, this episode, like all our episodes, is brought to you by listeners like you. And as I just mentioned, um, <laughs> you know, we are in a, a financial crunch. Um, things are getting a little bit better, but uh, there's there's no guarantees yet. This is what happens when uh, side gigs disappear. And suddenly you're like, oh, wow, what do you know? Uh, we need some money. So, uh, but something extraordinary has happened and that is that so many of you have stepped in the breach and it's really been heartening. Like my feelings about this whole thing have changed. This month we're already up 24 backers and we lost a couple of people right at the start of the month. So, but we're up 24 backers and we're up 85 bucks for the month so far in terms of pledging. We're at a total right now of 265 patrons and over $1,500, which means we cleared our last goal and we're on our way to our next goal. And the next thing I really am excited to see is for us to get another 35 patrons and for us to be up to 300 backers. But here's who jumped on this time. Rachel Berger, Lance Weiler, Caitlin Burns, Jonas Dixon, Samantha Robinson-Bloom, Aaron Mattis, Sarah Belly, Thomas Rufferson, Jerome Joseph Gentis, Brittany, Rachel Downing, Will Cherry, Maggie Oates, and Jenny Splitter. So many people jumping in. I'm, I get a little choked up when I think about it um, because it, it, it gives this sort of, it gives me the will to keep moving on and uh, the ability to believe that we're going to make it. 
The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, and Samuel Mustry. Thank all of you, all of you, all 265 of you for standing behind us. You make me believe. And in this day and age, that's a miracle in and of itself. All right. The show this week, uh, we're headed back into Think Tank. It's the first episode we've ever recorded in the new tank. Uh, we got there, with Jacob Patterson, and with Bobby of the Pizza Boys. Um, this is uh, Think Tank's done a, a lot of uh, a lot of installation pop ups. Um, they've done them for corporations. This one is all artist driven. Uh, every room is by a different artist. Every uh, every artist is credited. Uh, it's a collaborative show, so it's it's a real different twist. And almost all the folks have worked on like the corporate or the you know ticketed, uh, you know themed pop up pieces. So there's just there's a there's there's all that talent in there, and this is them getting to riff and 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 cut loose and do what they want to do. Um, there's work from Baker's Son. Uh, there's work from Future Fantasy Delight. There's all kinds of work in there, uh, and it's all put together uh, under under the aegis of the Pizza Boys. And this show is um, kind of marks the the one year anniversary of an accident that Bobby had. Uh, we didn't actually talk about it in the show. Like right afterwards, he said, "Yeah, like he had this like." really horrific got got hit by a car while he was on a bicycle or a scooter i can't remember which one but just like because i was too focused on uh, on the damage just his arm got incredibly like gruesomely messed up i won't go into details because it's definitely squick zone um and and you know didn't have the ability to use his hands uh his, his left hand for a long time had major surgeries and rods in his arm that kind of level of thing um, and, and Bobby's a street artist, so, you know, that means that's pretty limiting right then and there because street art means, you know, hopping fences and stuff uh, at the very least. Um, in many ways, as Jacob puts it, you know, Bobby probably shouldn't be alive today. Um, and this show has been uh, an anniversary uh, of you know, marking the event, marking his survival, uh, and it's, it's a deeply personal show to him. Uh, and it's, it's this, you know, fun pop-up celebrating the idea of pizza, um, because they're the pizza boys. And so get into that story in a bit here. Uh, the show has been extended into September, uh, with more dates are being added. Uh, you can catch it all at nothingcheesy.com. We'll give that again at the end. Uh, and there's a bunch of special programming. So pretty much every night there's going to be some special programming, uh, they're going to screen the Nell Wolf documentary. There's a barcade action going on. Um, and that's all baked in, no pun intended, to the tickets on that night. So it's special programming, but you don't have to get a special ticket. Um, and uh, you can come through or you can hang out. Uh, so there you go. If you just want to go take selfies with a bunch of cheese, not cheesy pizza themed stuff, you can if you want to catch the movie you can uh it's uh it's a spot okay um yeah that's the setup let's get into the interview with jacob patterson of think tank and bobby of the pizza boys 
Look, we're we're sitting in nothing cheesy right now, uh, which is the current installation at Think Tank Gallery here in Little Tokyo, uh, in Los Angeles. Across from me, as he has been many a time, is Jacob Patterson, and to his right and my left is Bobby from the Pizza Boys. Uh, tell us about what you do because you're you're new to the show. Yes, uh, thank you for having me, Juan. Uh, appreciate being on this. Uh, so, I mean. It's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint exactly. It's so many different things. Uh, I think all of us are doing so much different creative uh, content and putting things together. So I guess what I do is uh, I get to hang out, have a great time. Uh, I get to make my hobby my job. Um, so, I mean, I pretty much have a great time all day, hang out with my friends, create, uh, put what, stuff what out there. What do you create? What do you, what do so, you guys make? So Pizza Boys... Uh, we're an art collective uh, compiled, compiled of uh, all of us, started off as friends. Um, the group just keeps growing every day. Um, and so we're just, everybody together in the collective is an artist on their own. They all have their own medians, they all stand strong. Uh, but when we come to Pizza Boys, it's kind of like our fun spot. This is our uh, place to create whatever we want, however we want, and kind of outside the constructs of our everyday medians that, you know, the guys do for their portfolio. So they could come here, relax, and create all the crazy fucked up uh, funny Even stuff. Even okay, don't Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> fuck that. Uh, so it's kind of the free space, you know? It's yeah. a free space uh, where we all get together, we have fun, we create, um, and we just want to keep that whole flow going. Primarily uh, based in streetwear though, right? Uh, we started, we, our background primarily, we started with uh, street art, streetwear, um, and it just grew organically, you know, through uh, just through the streets. And uh, so that's how we started. We started painting together as a young group of guys, uh, girls all, all combined, painting the streets together, obviously graffiti. Um, and you know, we'd go out, we get some pizza after the fact all the time. You know, after you're painting, there's there's nothing that gets you more hungry than painting under the sun all day. And so whether it was pizza, tacos, uh, anything, you just eat stuff with your hands dirty. But we'd go to a pizza place primarily. And the old guys, you know, in there running the pizza shop would be like, oh, the fucking pizza boys are here. Pizza boys are here. <laughs> and so to us as like kids, you know, that's, that was like, oh, shit, these guys gave us a title. And we're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, we're the pizza boys. So that always, that always resonated with us. And it kind of started off as just like a fun thing where uh, pizza boys became the name. And there were so many guys in the collective that did art but didn't want to kind of put their... Uh, put their names out there. They want to kind of conceal their identity, which is completely understandable mm -hmm. with uh, the type of art that they were doing. Uh, so we kind of came together and said, why don't we start this little collective where uh, we could kind of be the cult underground spot where people could find all these artists that are doing the avant-garde street <laughs> stuff, kind of all a little bit on the illegal tip. But at the same time, you know, they're still doing their own portfolios. So we became that little hub that you could find, find the uh, little artwork, canvases, pieces. We eventually started making novelty pins of it. So it became this little safe place where you could go find a, a group of artists that you wouldn't primarily find in stores, where you wouldn't primarily find in the mainstream uh, marketplace. And we kind of provided that back alley for them. And uh, I have a, a question. safe place. When did it transition from people just calling you the pizza boys to actually making pizza art? Because I just found out like yesterday that it's not all pizza oh, art. Oh yeah, so I always tell people, I always tell people, uh, whoever, even the artists sometimes that are involved with us, uh, you gravitate towards pizza because of the name. Um, and so our main thing is always creative freedom to the artists. Uh, creative integrity is always from them. Always, always, always. We don't like to disrupt the creative flow because I think 
once you tell an artist what to do uh, or ask them, hey, can you make something like this? You're taking them out of their element and it becomes more of a commission rather than yeah. a fresh piece of art. So and, and there's, there's probably plenty of that work that they're doing oh my God. For, for other people all the time. Nonstop. So, yeah. and, and plus, I think Pizza Boys, when I say this is like that safe, fun place, I think that's what they appreciate too, where uh, they could come in and they could flex their creative muscle uh, however they want without that constraint of, hey, I need to... I need to hit this mark or I need to do that mark. So it leaves a lot of uh, freedom. It leaves a lot of fun and it leaves a lot of space for them to, you know, experiment, I, I guess you could say. Um, so that's where a lot of our fun, ironic, uh, satirical, all these crazy pieces come about. And I think that's the appeal of it too, where uh, a lot of artists see that this is a fun, safe place. You know, you could fuck around, you could mess around. Uh, you could jump out of your normal portfolio where uh, let's say certain guys uh, like Anta, for instance, he has his uh, he had his kaiju vacation show at Shop Call Quest last week. Uh, amazing, amazing artist, watercolor specialist, one of one of my biggest inspirations. And then he does his stuff so on point and so clean. But when he comes to Pizza Boys, you know he's able to create that fun, fun part of it where he doesn't necessarily have to stick in those constructs of of making that flawless painting. You know he could have fun with the Godzilla wearing this Crocs, putting a slice of pizza in his hand, and of course it eventually becoming a 30 foot Godzilla in here. Um, so I think the the process is really important too because it leads to a lot of fun projects that you know we're not necessarily even thinking about at the time while we're creating so uh i think that freedom that space that uh that level of level of you could do what you want really adds to the end product because it just keeps it keeps snowballing you know uh sometimes you might want to stop a certain time like oh i'm done but there's so many people and so many minds and so many different opinions in here that it's so easy somebody to be like, hey, let's keep going, let's push this, let's take it to the next level, and hence nothing cheesy eventually. And let's talk about like getting into getting into the gallery and getting into this being like a, sort of a, a, a experiential walkthrough right. piece because street art in and of itself, you know, to, to, to break out our lexicon, right? Like it's always site specific right. because it gets put up in a specific spot and the dialogue between a piece that gets put up and the space that it's in is really often really, really intense, right? Very. Like when the pieces that take your breath away are when it's like, damn, like this, yep. this, this fit into this spot, like nothing else. Yeah. There's a JC Rowe piece. It's my favorite one in little Tokyo. Actually the sick kid piece I might like more cause it's illegal, but the one that's on, uh, on the rooftop uh, toward. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, there's this, uh, JC Rowe piece on the thing. It's on the back of riff and there's two walls that come together at an angle. And if you view it from one side, it's like Michael Jordan dunking in his classic like triangle style that J.C. Rowe does. And if you look at it from one angle, you just see the top of Michael Jordan dunk dunking and some like sneakers on the side. But if you walk down the other way, because it comes to a corner, it's like a complete picture. And mm. that's that's like what site-specific street art is all about. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of in a post-street art world now. Like I don't know if we talked about this on this show before. But no, I don't think we have. It's Street art was made specifically to go in the street and oftentimes legal and is in like you were you would use the word lexicon it's in this wide lexicon of all these different types of fucking street rules on like graffiti and like people slapping shit up mm -hmm. and tags and this and that there's and they levels. hate street artists and like all this like there's all sorts of different shit that comes from that but then at some point we got to a place where street artists are making work 
that has zero intention from the moment it's conceptualized of ever touching the street. Mm. It's going inside a gallery first and still being called street art. So has the name street in it and it'll never touch a street. Fuck no. So, but there's a whole bunch of artwork that's like that. Yeah. So when we were really careful with this show, in fact, that was one of the really important things when, when Bobby and I sat down and we were like, even like when we're going over contracts and shit, I sat down with Bobby and then um, Andrew from Bloody Gums. He's been on, on my show. Um, and he, he just went to New York with a bunch of, in fact, all the, a bunch of the Bloody Gums dudes are in New York right now throwing a show at Super Chief. Um, but when we sat down, we, we said that those types of things were really important to us. We didn't want anyone to ever say it's a street art gallery because mm -hmm. it's not. Mm -mm. But saying things like sometimes street, that's okay because all of the artists in the show are sometimes street. Not, yeah. Maybe not every single one, yeah. but most of them are sometimes street. So yeah. we were like, that's cool. That's a good way to describe it. But to call it street art yeah. in the gallery, that was like, we weren't Yeah, we completely. Weren't yeah, because there's, there's rules, there's levels, there's respect, there's, uh, you know, it's, it's a code of the streets almost. You know, uh, you don't, especially if so many of the guys that are affiliated, you know, have that background and have that past and have lived that life, you know, it's kind of disrespectful to kind of, the whole community, whether it's graffiti or street art, uh, to kind of give it that label to yeah. just to draw people in, you know, because it's such a powerful word yeah, that's true. for well, people. And, well, it's like it's the difference between something being a practice and being an aesthetic, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. You know, and exactly. like we've gotten to this point where it's, you know, aspects of it are identified as an aesthetic uh -huh. and then are, are put in. And from what, you know, I can imagine that there's people who do, quote, street art, unquote, that goes in galleries who've who they themselves have never touched. Oh yeah, the yeah. Street, oh, right? there's there's so many. There's yeah. so many. I, I mean, don't I don't necessarily think that's a problem, but it's it's just an aesthetic they're inspired by. Like right. I drew so much Dragon Ball Z when I was growing up. I've never made a cartoon. So it's a, I mean that's a different story. Oh, oh. It's not a, it's not <laughs> yeah, a, I mean that's like culture the that that's like the whole thing of homage. You know, I think everybody goes through yeah. that. Uh, I think as an artist, uh, even when you're starting young, I think a lot of people could. Uh, could kind of resonate in this whole analogy where when you're starting and you like to do art, you most likely you're going to see something that you love and you, as a kid, you practice that same thing, whether it's a uh, Wolverine from X-Men or Superman, you know, and uh, you do that homage because you love it so much and you kind of want to learn. And eventually that homage just starts, you start putting your own style to it and it evolves. And I think that whole thing uh, where sometimes people get stuck in replicating things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, the negative space where uh, you need to kind of get out of. I, I, I think that's a great thing to do the homage and learn. And I think that's what everybody goes through. But I think the next step of that is to put your own twist on it and develop your style and then stand on your own two feet with that and then take it to where you're supposed to take it. Um, Cause I always, I always look back and I see so many people's work, you know, and it's a natural thing. It always gets ripped off or copycatted this and that. But I always go back to that whole analogy of uh, like Superman, you know, it's such a powerful comic, such a powerful figure. And it's been regurgitated bootlegged so many times with clothing, toys, art, but when and it comes the whole genre of superhero comics really kind of flows out of him. Yeah, yeah, right? completely, you know? completely. You're talking and to the right man right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Use the word Cleve Superman. from Ohio. Sit up in his chair. When yeah. you go when you go to the airport there, I always remember this because uh, you see the whole Superman stand. It's and and all the facts and stuff that they give. I think is so interesting. But yeah, going back, yeah, two kids from Cleveland. Two kids from Cleveland blows up. Yep, yeah, yep, completely. And uh, I think the fact a lot of artists uh, struggle with the fact you know they're putting their artwork up and this and that, um, and it gets taken or copied but I always look at it as you know it's like a humbling thing it's flattery because at the end of the day the most valuable stuff is 
the original pieces from Superman, not the bootleg pieces. You know, you're going for that original drawing that was mm. made by the guy himself. So I think uh, there's so much value in that, um, in creating that original content. A lot of people get lost and they feel a certain type of way, like, you know, I got my stuff taken, this and that. But I think if you put your effort and your really your heart and soul into it, the people that are going to see it that matter will recognize it, you know, and it will stand the test of time. Yeah, and this show in particular, it was pretty, um, the artists that were selected, I was, as he was talking, I was running through my head room by room, as I often do when I'm thinking of what maintenance needs to be done. <laughs> I got room one, room two, room three. But I was thinking this time, um, each artist that's in the show pretty much was not selected um, just because, you know, we, we like, you make this thing, we want you to make another one of it. But instead, because they have built some sort of universe that we wanted to tap yes. into. And yes. we built all of these different rooms and said, take, the, and that was actually a battle up front because especially the Bloody Gums guys, they are so incredibly collaborative that they want, like right behind you in Nina's installation, she's just like a down ass bitch. Or she was like, go ahead, take my, um, you know, take this wall in my space and just like throw up some revert panels, which is, uh, these are these panels where it's like these collaborative wooden panels that the Bloody Gums guys cover. And um, Pizza Boys and I went through and made sure that we covered the nudity because there's going to be children in here. But, um, I see a and then Burke did the same thing. And then Della Desso did the same thing. But aside from that, it was kind of a battle up front. Cause everyone was like, nah, everyone just like make this whole thing. Everyone walks through it. And I was like, nah, I want to build rooms and let the artists create a universe in that room and create something of their universe in that room. And, and as people walk through, they're teleported from one to the next to the next. And, um, if they want to invite a bunch of people to collaborate in their room, then that's totally cool. That's up to them and they're welcome to do so as long as it's going to, you know, function correctly and blah, blah, blah. Um, but <clears throat> each artist should be able to have their yeah. own, and, and especially the, you know our walls were only eight feet tall. So anyone who wanted to go above eight feet, their their piece was the backside of another artist's piece, and we had to make sure that that was cool. So we're sitting right now in Utopia's room, but behind us you can see a thirty foot Godzilla in Anta's room. He's deflated right now, so he's pretty sad looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, and then I'm looking behind you, and I can see the streamers above um, Tofu's room. So, and if, if we were sitting slightly to the left, we would see a bunch of hanging Jesus Christ figures made out of pizza called Jesus Crust by Butch. So every, every single room, the artists had their own creation of their own kind of universe. And I think that was unique too. It was also very much a challenge that I did not expect because we were trying to get away from the selfie museum stuff where like one creative director comes in, hires a bunch of people to make like their vision or whatever. Uh -huh. And then if they don't, you know, fulfill the job like um, Cheap Slasher Films right behind you on the other side. He has built for, in fact, I think for the other pizza experience thing, he built something and like some oh, ice cream experiences. He built and shit a like massive that. pizza compact and yeah, a massive York, pizza lipstick. And yeah. it was just And he makes incre incredible shit. But if he wasn't doing a good job, the creative director would just fire him and hire someone else to do exactly what he was yep. doing. And we didn't want it to be that. That, however, presented its own challenges too, because if people were unable to like whatever, deliver on whatever thing they needed to by a certain date or something, we couldn't just come in and finish their art for them because it's their it's art. It's there, yeah. So yeah. that made That's it, that did make it. it a little difficult. And yeah. I think if we did this again next time, I would have a production lead who would say, sit down with every single artist and say like, hey, if you're unable to finish this, I'm gonna finish it for you, please give me guidelines so that they still are providing direction on their art pieces, and then it gets built in that way. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of like the way the circus works, right? So like years, years ago, I, was, I, I worked um, 
concessions for Verakai, which was one of Cirque du Soleil's traveling shows. And like that thing has like a story, right? Uh, at least in theory has a story. Right. Like, it's a very loose story, but like there, there, and there's, there's other, I think there's other, I've seen other Cirque shows that have much tighter stories than, than the story that Verakai has. Hmm. Um, Where was it? This was, this was touring in San Francisco at the time. So it was in one hmm. of the tents. I got to put up one of the tents. That was, that was a really crazy experience. And hmm. then even better, there was like a s- massive storm like on, on press preview night. And the tent that I had built was like buckling and buckling. And, bu- and I was like, <laughs> shit, shit, if this comes down on our heads, it's my fault. Because I'm the one who laces this thing crazy. together, right? The house down. It did not. It stood. I'm very proud of that. Um, but what, one of the things that happened is like uh, the, the, the sort of the, the lead character in the story or one of the lead characters in the story was one of those uh, one of those like net aerialist guys that like you know goes way up high and like you know rolls up and mm. spins down and yep. like you, you'll see aerialist shows and they're often kind of cool like you know like people doing aerial silks like you know in a nightclub or something like that this is this time's like a thousand because they're also <laughs> up like they're up a hundred feet mm. and they're like doing this crazy crazy shit and so during during a practice run, it's a family, right? You know, like during a practice run, like his dad came through and they were working on some new stuff and he fell and he like busted up his shoulder hmm. or something. He busted up something that may, meant that he was going to be out for weeks Ooh. on the show. And that was like the opening, one of the opening pieces. He was a lead character. And the thing about the circus is they could not just go, all right, Bobby, you're up. Go, go do the <laughs> net act, right? Yep. That guy owns his act. Mm. That's his <sighs> act. You mm. can't just throw someone else up mm. in there. So, like, there's this tradition in certain performing arts where, because it, it's different from, say, a Broadway show where it's like, oh, your vocal cords are out. All right, you're rum tug tug tugger tonight, right? Get in there, get the cat makeup on, and go, mm. go prance around, right? <sighs> like, that's what you got to do. Uh, mm. And that's what you get to. And you have understudies. Studies. You do not have understudies in the circus. And so, what you kind of set up mm. here. It's like a circus. Oh, yeah. There are no understudies, oh, yeah. Yeah. right? You that know? was important to us too. That very oh, thing: the artist owns their art. Yeah. That was, I think, the only edit we put in the contract was clearing that Absolutely. specific line I, up. So we were like, you know, please, guys, like, don't build your own like nothing cheesy with an S instead of a Z and sell tickets to it somewhere else. But everyone owns all their yeah. shit. Like, yeah. Anta's leaving with the fucking thirty-foot Godzilla. It's t- it's taller than the two and a half story building and next door, and he. He's keeping that shit. So it was like <laughs> the artists the own their work. That's the beauty of it too. It's uh, I think the respect level that we talked about at the beginning, uh, just respect in the in the whole world of art, whether it's uh, you know, there's levels to it. You know, uh, there's levels. So uh, that was really important to us to keep the integrity and to keep the artists happy and to make sure you know there was nothing that was going to compromise the emotions, the integrity of their work or anything at all that was gonna hinder them to do exactly what they wanted to do. Whether it was giving them that stress that, oh, this doesn't belong to you after the fact. Everything we wanted to do organic, natural, and uh, it to be the artist in here is exactly what you're gonna get. And as soon as you leave here and you go to his show afterwards, you were gonna get that same feeling because it wasn't something that was just built for this experience. Um, it, that's the beauty, I think, of this show is you've got 12 unique, amazing, big immersive builds um, that are the main features. And it's all masked underneath the umbrella of pizza with the message of pizza is universal. And that message is what's, you know, connecting everything together. But I think what's the most powerful part about it is each different room and each different section, the artists that put it on, it's a reflection of their own medium, their own style, their own portfolio. So let's say you walk in here and you know exactly which artists are in here. 
if without seeing any name tags, you could walk in and be like, oh, this is Utopia. Oh, this is tofu, because although they did That's make true. the twist with the pizza, you know, and they added that, hey, we're going to build the non-cheesiest cheesy exhibit because the content is made by actual creators, made by actual artists, and not just some interns that somebody sent out to Party City to buy streamers and hang out the wall. So I think that's the most powerful aspect of it is the content and how deep it goes. Um, yeah, we we're, we're not trying interns. to fool anybody. You we know, went, it's, we went to Party City and got streamers ourselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and uh, so actually, we went to Santi Alley. Santi Alley got streamers ourselves. We I mean, any, anywhere you could of think of, you know, and. Uh, and when I say it, it's as deep as each artist legitly put their blood, sweat, and tears. This place, uh, to the to the listeners out there, this place looks like a maze right now. It looks like a little little rat race. You could go inside, <laughs> find your cheese, you know? Except but, there's cheese in every room. Yeah, there is cheese in every room, of course. Uh, luckily, it doesn't smell like cheese right now. Uh, Although but, we did get one complaint after opening night. Oh, this is great. Was like, the place smelled like pizza. Well, you know, we were serving a ton of pizza. And <laughs> like, did your pizza smell like oh, pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. when you Someone ate it? Someone complained that it smelled like pizza when it's a pizza-themed Yeah. Show. Oh, man, I think that was my favorite complaint yes. ever. I that mean, was, I grew up in a restaurant. Uh, a family, uh, Our family has a restaurant, Mom and Pop, for uh, 21 years. I grew up in my uncle's pizzeria. He's had it for over 40. And uh, <laughs> you read reviews all the time, you know? Yeah. And I think that was, out of all the reviews, I thought that was one of my favorites yeah. He was just so bummed that the place smelled like pizza. I mean, fuck, dude. <laughs> to be fair, he did say it took him an extra half hour to get in. Although we did say you might be waiting for up to a half hour. But he waited a half hour to get in because we still, like, the opening night was so insane. I'm still, like, trying to get the trash out for Sunday morning. So yeah, it's, if it you're listening, nice. guy, I apologize for that part. I do not apologize for the place smelling like pizza when you were eating pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was... um, but on what you were saying, I, though. I mean, like, honestly, like, you could even, like, an argument can be made that, you could have bumped up the pizza. So, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, he, like, he oh, has pizza cologne. We have yeah, pizza cologne yeah, that we spray on stuff. I yeah. was like, I actually told him that, too. I was like, we spray pizza scent in this in the place. Yeah. On the little mini pizza boxes that you get your free pins with when you get your slice. You know, uh, my yeah, guy over here, I was like, what's this extra little smell we got here? Uh, and he pulled out his uh, Eau de Parfum. Pizza crust yeah. cologne. It's disgusting. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm ever going to yeah, wear I wanna, it. But I almost want on on the mic for you to smell this because everyone gags it's fucked and I want do you have it on you uh it's in the other room uh, no we'll do, we'll do that yeah we'll do but, that. Uh, <laughs> you know we, let, let's not cut the instagram short. instagram video um but uh, on what you were saying though we were it was also what what shows like this have you walked into where the artist in the room prior <laughs> mm-hmm. lets you put the next artist's name on his wall because every single room that you're in mm, yeah. it says next artist this way oh. and it has the other artist's name on a wall that you created as your own artwork. Oh my God. So every single artist is credited from one, one room to the next. And it just, it became so collaborative that way. Oh my so, God. Let me, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it. it, that was to me, I think my favorite part about this show. Uh, one of the most powerful things about this show was the amount of talent. Every single one of these people in here, every single artist is a big inspiration, influence, um, motivating factor for me. I feel like I'm in a play place. Uh, to be surrounded by people that inspire you and motivate you, I think uh, it's a gift in itself. So I feel like I, I'm definitely one of the luckiest people there are, uh, especially in this world, uh, that I, the pizza world. Uh, to be in this type of art show was we've got such amazing talent. And to say that this place was empty before, it was no walls up. The artists legitly came together, put the walls up together, sanded together for three days. That was um, insane. And, and the and this the level of talent in here is, in my opinion, is just remarkable. To me, it's the best of the best. Uh, 
because of how they inspire, how they create, all the unique different portfolios that they have. And to see artists come together, no egos, no, no nothing like that to say, hey, where, what can we put up? Let's sand this. And one person's yelling, I need help. Another person yelling, I need help from this side. And everyone's meeting in the middle. It was such a bonding, collaborative experience that, you know, I've never been a part of something like this before. Um, it was so new to me. It was such a breathtaking experience where I was just in awe. You know, each moment was like, holy shit, is this happening? Um, to see artists that I've always looked up to just giving such amazing insight, stories, uh, just little tidbits of information that you know that lasts forever and i was like holy shit yeah man, and this is so, more than a show at this point this is there were so many moments too when it was like an artist would be like oh i'm trying to figure out like what like there's this transition from baker's son's room to anta's room and and then balloonski's like trying to figure out what and the artists would be talking to each other about like oh your installation's next to mine yo maybe you should do this like what ended up happening is Balunski had this whole idea of you go to pizza heaven and are reincarnated and, and God hands you a big balloon slice of pepperoni pizza. And he was like, I just can't figure out how to do this transition. And I don't even know which artist said it. But someone was like, you got to make a pepperoni coffin, dog. Yeah. And then he just made a coffin and everyone knows it's a coffin. And, and he doesn't work with like fabric and staples and, and but like hot glue he and all the that. shit out of it. Yeah, but it's everyone knows when they walk through it. He's like been, someone will, will bump into something and you know maintenance happens in immersive environments so someone will bump in knock a pepperoni off the wall or something and be like hey this pepperoni fell out of your coffin no one told him it was a pepperoni coffin but that happened to us at our last yep. event some guest just bumped into it and gave gave it to me and said hey I, I knocked this pepperoni off your coffin and then i go put it back and whatever and i was just like fuck yeah like he didn't he's like why is this dude smiling like this at me right now but yeah. i was like because you fucking knew it was a pepperoni coffin oh, man. <laughs> just oh, man. by walking through it with your like five-year-old and that five-year-old is running around screaming playing all the video games by oh, the way is he the, the one kids who broke the it. space encounters <laughs> no someone else broke that <laughs> before him but um but yeah so we we talked a whole bunch about how important it was for us that it was like artists 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 and that was actually why meow wolf got involved is because it was so heavily focused on the artists but the way this show was come up with in general was kind of like a like our art gallery diss track to the industry yeah, at the moment. It was time. like all of these all these selfie museums and these things that we were not okay with. And and to be clear, like Julie uh, JBR wrote this um, this piece on uh, Juliet wrote this piece on the show, and I think she did a really good job because I'm not. Um, I don't hate that industry at all. I think it's really actually very important. The um, the piece that she wrote that was about, uh, I think it was like a KFC or Jack in the Box or something with like yeah, it was Jack in chicken box. Yeah, it was the Jack in the Box piece, yeah. And there were, we talked about this at the media preview and, and she ended up writing her uh, like a lot of her piece on, on this um, anecdote. But um, there were like seven, it was like some corporate selfie museum pop-up thing that's food-based. And this is what we are standing against or parodying or you know, dissing basically in our, in uh, the lexicon as to, to call back on that word. Um, but this piece was like, or this thing that they created had like seven posts on the tag, on the hashtag or whatever on Instagram. She sent that to me on everything immersive and was like, look at the hashtag. And I look it up and then me and her are texting and just like, kind of like laughing about it. There was like seven posts, four were paid influencers. And then three were this one, fucking like super cholo dude that was like like squatting and and like throwing his hands up with like peace signs or la or whatever and was like look I, like look i found the art but like <laughs> hashtag art yeah and you know that fool went back and had some little like cousin or something who loves to draw and he went he came through to the barbecue or whatever and was like yo 
look, look, cousin, cousin, like, let me show you. I found this art. I was walking Melrose and I found this art. Like, let me show you all this shit. And then they connected for that. And in the shittiest art piece that you could ever possibly imagine, if you even want to call it art, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people who worked on that project who don't call it art. But even if you, even if you want to, something good still came out of that because that dude was exposed to art and maybe he's going to look up something after that. So it was even then, I still, on the shittiest thing, like we, yeah. so many people well, would call on, that the shittiest thing well, in that I, world, I, I and there's on, still good that comes from it. I keep on thinking about like, you know, what's the point of, you know, the, insta- the installation art, right? Yeah. Like, what's the point of it? And, you know, and, and particularly like, if you look at like the, the corporate pop-up thing right now, right? Like they're, they're trying to like, we want to connect audiences to our brand, yep. right? And so, and they're like, okay, so we're going to put up a big, big chicken tender. Yep. Like I heard they Duncan. were well built, by the way. Yeah. But like, like they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna create something iconic, or they're trying to create something iconic and like let people take a picture with it and feel like that's gonna connect. But that's like that's like the image of connection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like I you know I'll be like consulting with somebody mm. and and who's working on a the piece. Image of connection. Yeah, the image of that. connection, right? And like sure. so I'll be I'll be I've been consulting with somebody and like you know talking and like saying like look your job your job isn't just to like make the image, right? Because like, we know you can make the image. Like, you know, there's actually, what was a conversation on this yesterday? So like, uh, the folks at MyCo2, they have a great way of describing audience for uh, immersive interactive pieces, right? So and a lot of that comes out of the fact that they've been, they've been working this stuff. They're the people who did the Westworld and the, mm-hmm. and the, the, the Game South of Thrones. South by Southwest. At mm-hmm. South by Southwest. And they've also been working Dark Harbor, which is the haunt over the Queen Mary for years and years. And like, you know, working on things like Horror Made here, right? And so we have a panel over the weekend uh, over Midsummer Scream. And uh, Bonnie brought up, and I've heard David Wally talk about and talk about on this show, uh, their breakdown is it's, it's the waiters, the swimmers, and the deep divers, right? And those are like the three types of people hmm. that you have to be uh, designing for when you're designing hmm. like an, an installation-based piece. And so, one, you know, there's there's people coming to look for different kind of stuff, but in all cases, what people want is they want they want to connect, mm-hmm. right? And what they actually want to do is they want to connect with each other. You know, so the the mission that you have when you're designing for this is not only you got to keep in mind the fact that like, you know, people want different things out of it, right? So on the level of the image, that's where the waiters are going to come, right? Someone comes through, they're like all like, oh, well, that's fucking funny, you know, or like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to get a picture of myself on a pizza throne, you know, yeah. like. Or children. Or children, right? And children often like, and, and you know, children often smarter, so they, you know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll pick out something oh, yeah. more. That's right? true. And they play the games. The and they play the which, games. Which makes it, the, that's like the most. Oh, yeah, the, chil- yeah. the children are the, are the superstars. And, yeah, yeah they, they get it. Yeah, yeah the, chil- the children are almost like automatically swimmers. Like we call that swimmers, right? Like we say like those are the folks who are like, they're looking to interact. They're looking for that little more thing. Um, but like, if you got the image down, you're going to make those waiters happy. But like everyone else, you need to like what's what's the means of connection? Yes. Like how are you how are you getting people to connect with each other? Yes. What are you giving them? What are you giving them to do? Right? Mm. That's that's your job. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like if you're not giving people something to can you know a, a way to connect, um, and preferably a way to connect with each other, then they're not going to form those memories. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And and that's that's what you want out of it. Like you want people to have a moment. You're making a play plan. I mean, th- when when I find that with these these selfie palace things, when they work best is like it feels like I'm in like a playpen. Yes. It feels like I'm in a, on a play yard. You're 100% right. And and there's and it's not just something for me to do by myself, but if there's something for me to do with somebody else. Like the thing I love and you hear the most is I love I love the the putt putt. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like the putt-putt setup is great. Into 52s, Godzilla. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you've destroying got destroying neon little Tokyo. Yeah. Yep. So you've got you've got that going on. You've got things to do and like just just way the space for people to play with each other. What Absolutely. did you love about putt-putt Godzilla? What I loved, well, one one of what I didn't know until like afterwards was that there's like it actually is part of a, a the, the the process through right. Yes. There's a little, little secret to it. Um, there's a little bit of chaos on opening night. Um, <laughs> that like, is a good way to put yeah. it for opening night. It Oof. was it was chaos for sure. But like I love I love the fact that it's, it's sort of in a lot of ways is the centerpiece, yeah. right? Like it's mm-hmm. the thing you arrive. Oh at yeah, that, at that midway point, and that's a big focal point. I think yes, yeah. mm-hmm. Baker's song to that. Yeah, to Nico's. I think that is definitely the heart for me in there. Yeah. The middle focal point, like you said, uh, very important. Very yeah. important. Um, and so, and and just giving, get, creating that space, right? Creating a space for people to play, creating space for people to connect with each other. And I think it's something that um, you know, we haven't actually, we've exhausted the part of this selfie palace idea that's about the image and about the iconic image like we've tapped that out because in some ways it's no different from a big installation piece it's no different from a big Mm -hmm. pop installation piece right so the thing that takes it that next level the thing that makes the thing that people always love in any of these things is that interactive layer like what they're doing there you know what is the one thing that everyone loves to say about like the museum of ice cream it's like the sprinkle pool what was the idea that sparked the whole thing yeah. it was the sprinkle pool right and no matter how ridiculous you might find the museum of ice cream right you know and everyone it's been and it, recreated at every single one yep. in yeah. some form or another yeah. we wanted to do a ball pit actually with the godzilla thing no, but we you know it's, there's only so much room it's it's yeah. everything you said is so true that emotion that connection that yeah. visual thing and i think that actually organically came out during this whole process with us. And I think that's the most important part of this show is uh, we were aware of the fact that we need to connect on that level because at the beginning we said, we need to put ourselves in the, in the people's shoes that are coming to visit this experience. You know, we need to put ourselves on that side of the spectrum. Um, And often, when I go to these types of museums or any type of art show in general, you know, there's always like that anxiety, you know, uh, there's always that kind of that awkward feeling going in. Cause you don't know what you're walking into. You don't mm-hmm. know uh, the judgment, this and that. We wanted this place to be as comfortable of a place for you, a safe place that you could walk in. Because I think if you go into a spot, uh, nervous, anxiety, uh, any of those in thinking like that, or who's in this spot, you know, if you're overwhelmed uh, or intimidated, I think you're not allowing yourself to fully take in the experience because mm-hmm. there's kind of a block up. And so that was the first thing that we wanted to focus on was one, when you walk in, we want you to feel comfortable. We want the people to talk to you to make you feel at ease. We want you to come in here without any feeling of discomfort, anxiety, angst, so you could fully take in the experience and make that connection. And which then, is difficult when you walk off Skid Row. Yeah, which is exactly, <laughs> Next exactly. to a syringe exchange with people so, shooting uh, up outside. But I think yeah. that's the fun part too, is uh, this is our environment and yeah. we kind of created something so beautiful in such a place that people assume that's such a fucking negative area. Yeah. Um, and I that's think true. that's, that's true. what the art part, in my opinion, the art is something that brings out emotion out of you, something that just, bring some sort of feeling out of you. Like, uh, I think you touched on that earlier. And I think this type of space, um, especially with the builds, there has to be that connection. And 
every person that walks in after opening night, because opening night was insane, uh, we try to make sure we give them a personal tour because most of these museums you walk in, right? You walk in, you go through, and you do see the imagery, you see the, the interactive space, and you know, some people might take 30 minutes to go through, some people might take five minutes. Um, I think there's a lot to be said that you need to explain to these guys every piece of this every piece of the section because it creates that connection so yeah bobby gives personal tours i make sure every day i'm here uh to give a personal tour because like i said i want to touch on the on the base that i'm in your shoes i when i come into a spot you know what am i going to leave with here what am i going to take out of this if if you walk in and you walk in at eric's spot the first room chief slasher films and you see this amazing horror display I want you to know that, hey, he took a month and he built this on his own by styrofoam, foam, uh, cut it, sealed it. His background's in horror. He has an IMDb page. You can find this, this, and that. And it's going to kind of create that connection. And the same with Utopia, the room that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. He's got the giant globe signifying how universal pizza is. And then he's got all the little pieces and the toppings for the pizza put on the wall. But and when you walk in here, the first thing I'm going to tell you is, you know, he's a specialist in making one-of-a-kind, one-off shoulder bags that he hand-sews, hand-embroiders himself, and you send him any vintage clothing articles like an old Harley Davidson uh, jacket or an old Louis Vuitton fabric from the 70s, 60s. Or a box of your favorite pizza. Or a box of your favorite pizza, which he created the DiGiorno shoulder bag he made out of recycled pizza boxes. And I think to find out the history, the background of the artist, you get a deeper connection to his build, and then you're walking out of that room knowing, oh my God, you know, I didn't know this, this, and that, and it kind of paints a full picture, and it gives you that emotional connection to not just the piece, but the artist as well, because oftentimes in these museums or any of these experiences, you know, you see something, and uh, you don't know who made it. You just assume, you know, it's all part of one build, and, you know, it's easy to think that, too. There are the signs, you know, there are the artist names, but some people, you know, they're not gonna read them. They're not gonna, they're just here for the look, look for the experience. But I think if you explain to them and you give them the background and you explain, oh, Nina is doing the secret walls battle. Uh, She's in the semifinals. This is her background. This is her median. Her last show was this, her next show is this. And now you're getting this whole picture of, oh my God, I'm stepping into this individual's world who's doing this, this and that. And I'm getting this little treat in the meantime. And so, you're leaving with kind of like a storybook, a history book and it's uh, kind of, of the person. It's kind of incredible, too, because I always know when we're hitting a brand new art fan mm-hmm. who maybe has never been to an art experience in their life. Because especially in this neighborhood, a lot of people walk by and be like, yo, what are you guys? You a pizzeria? And then like I'll, always, I'll explain always. to them like mm-hmm. what it is. And sometimes people come through. Um, and we'll find a lot of people who are going to their first ever art experience or like, you know, first, like the third ever art experience or whatever. And people will ask the question and it's so humbling to me anytime they ask me this question, because I know I'm playing an important part in their lives. They'll be like, oh, is this your spot? And I'm like, yeah, I'm one of the guys that runs it. And he's like, and they'll say, oh, so you made all this. This is all your art. And it just is like, like, bless your heart kind of. But it's also like, no, now I get to expose you to all these different artists yep. and kind of explain to you how a gallery works, which is that like the gallery supports all the artists to build whatever things yep. that they want to build. But like we were talking about artists having their own universes. Nina's is actually called Nina's World. Mm-hmm. And so I can expose them to Nina's World and be like, no, if you look up this artist, she does like this, this and this and you can find all their shit. And so it was there's there was two more things. We got to wrap this up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, there were two more things that I wanted to um, discuss. One was how to incorporate corporate um, partnerships because we have a couple for this show. And the other one was is the 
I guess the, the concept behind the whole thing, nothing cheesy and how it came to be because we were literally probably sitting the thing here. We probably should have started with. <laughs> um, you can put that in the intro. Um, but they, uh, the, the way that we came up with the show, we did a show with bloody gums. LA is trying to kill me after we had left our last space and moved here. And like people pulled guns on me in my last space. It was fitting for our first show to be called LA is trying to kill me. And the revert panels that are behind you were from that show as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're sitting down, we're all talking. I met Bobby. In fact, I met Bobby for decon and we're taking nothing cheesy to decon as well, or at least parts of it. And we were like, all right, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to do this show? Like, you know, three months before Museum of Ice Cream came to L.A. and blew up with the sprinkle pool and all that. Um, we were working with Baker's son, who made their most iconic piece. And, and oh. you know, he had his own problems with them, legal problems and otherwise. Bobby's run into his own legal problems with some very famous people who took some photos in, in Baker's son's piece, actually, in, uh, in uh, um, Museum of Ice Cream. And we were like, you know in some ways we brought this on the world in los angeles we at least contributed a lot to like bringing this whole fucking idea of these selfie museums and you know when vice puts you in their top 25 most instagramable art spaces in the country you know you're doing something right or doing something wrong so we were like All right, if, we're, <laughs> if we're doing something wrong and we're we're bringing this upon is this apocalyptic force upon the art world then we need, to, we need to do something about it and he w- and Bobby was just like, and it, and it's weird. It's really hard to explain what it is because, yes, we're par- parodying the selfie palace trend, but we're also making one, and we're making yeah. actually a really dope one, in my opinion. So Bobby's like, yeah, you like, know, like like I said, I, I don't think the juice has been wrung out of this thing yet. I think it's just like, oh yeah, people don't people don't know what to people right. don't know what to do with it. Well, it's hard yeah. because it's like the people who we want to come are those people who don't know what this is. And maybe yeah. they, they like they don't know what commentary we're making. So we just got to make sure they're having fun. That's it. And that's yeah. why when kids are having fun, we're like, cool, we got it. Like that's handled. So when someone spins Issa uh, gentle throws, when they spin her prize wheel and then a collaborative piece shows up with Burke, Burke because you landed on the missing slice and it says, find, you know, find the slice, Secret find yourself. In there, taking a photo and then of you. all of a sudden it's like. Uh, this robot voice comes off that our engineer made that's telling you where your s- impossible selfie comes from. Like, people are just going to enjoy that. They don't realize, haha, I won the impossible selfie. They're making fun of me right now. Like, you win the most vapid possible prize, which is the, a selfie that you're only able to take through a collaboration with three yep. different artists. But that is what it is. And so, if, like, people who, like, the deep divers are going to get that, mm-hmm. like the JBRs and the Noah Nelsons of the world. But then there's just going to be kids who are like, holy shit, like, where do I find? Oh, look, I'm on the fucking screen. I'm Mm -hmm. on the screen on my phone. They're looking around trying to find which camera I found them. And they're just having the time of their lives. So when we came up with this concept, yeah, we wanted to make those jokes. But Bobby was just like, man, I just want to make sure whatever we do, like everyone's making the cheesiest fucking art that they can, just making fun of everything they can. But I just want to make sure that like the artists who are involved, like I don't want nothing cheesy. I don't want nothing cheesy in the show. And I was like, Bobby, stop. That's the name. And then we just changed the S to a Z to match Pizza Boys. And that was it. It was legit. I was walking out of the room. He's like, what do you, I was like, as long as it's nothing cheesy. And Jacob said, wait, he's like, that's it. And then as soon as he said that, I said, I don't think it could be any other way. It has to be this organic. And it just clicked. And, and if it wasn't like that, that was a sign right there. Uh, the other sign I don't want to get into on the show with Burke's DVD player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we could get that after the show. No, we uh, should tell that story too. Actually. That's pretty <laughs> hilarious. So Burke, he makes everything out of like old, he gets all his stuff at Goodwill. It's just like a stack of old tube TVs, DVD Visual players, VHS, art. you know, VCRs. And so he, this is not a lie. This is a true story. 
he go. <laughs> we're all standing up front. We're all working on stuff. Burke's put, setting shit up because he has to go back up to the. And mind bay. you, he's done work for Anderson Pack, Justin Bieber. He just, just made Soldier Boy's most recent music video. He's, he's just amazing. And amazing. He puts work. in time for us just out of love. Mm -hmm. And so. This fool goes, he's like, just got back from the Goodwill, comes back with a bunch of TVs, VCRs, like, hey, everyone help me load in. We help him load in, he plugs everything in, and he's like, I just hear a scream. Bobby, yeah. Bobby, Bobby, come here. Bobby goes out, we're all standing up in the front, Bobby sprints back. We have this all on video, but he, he tells us the story. <laughs> Several views, different videos. What are the fucking chances that you will come back from a Goodwill to work on an art show with a company named Pizza Boys, plug in a DVD player for your art piece, put it on the screen, press play and the dvd that's inside of the dvd player is a gay porno called fresh hot pizza boys oh god i mean if that, that wasn't actually omen, happened we were like what how is this we're all there's freaking 20 out. people in the room and they're legit. like press play press play press and everyone's play. reactions i mean the 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 spectrum of reactions is priceless uh from shock to happy to just astounded we couldn't just, believe it man. you could you couldn't write this you're right and, in the synchronicity wave and yeah. and it was just like Bobby and I come in. He's like, ah, uh, he's like, I mean, I couldn't make this up, Bobby. And uh, I mean, seriously, I like, what are the chances? Like, are, not one in three hundred million, not one in. I mean, that's how many people are in the United States. But how many of those are collaborating with Pizza Boys on an art show? Like that, like one in what? Two it, billion? One in three billion? Up. Like what are the, what are the odds? Like yeah, it's sometimes, insane. sometimes, sometimes you're in the synchronicity. It rate, just, right? it like just there's, hit crazy. There's a little, there's a little uh, tease that maybe there's a hidden order to the universe. Yep. yep. Good or bad, who knows? Oh yeah. my goodness. So, it's insane. And, and and to touch on again, uh, the beauty and the, I think the most fulfilling part about this place is the artists involved and getting to see them put together their own vision, their own interpretation of what nothing cheesy is as a art installation, as a, one of these galleries that are immersive. Um, but to utilize, you know, their weapons, their portfolio, their assets, uh, I think is very important. And the message that each one of them conveyed, especially uh, the, when I say message like Baker's son's piece, the wa uh, all paper watercolor. Um, I think that's one of the deepest ones. I think that's one of the most touching pieces in here, uh, especially like Jacob touched on uh, his previous uh, background with the stuff with Museum of Ice Cream. Um, that coming out of the movie, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. Um, I think that ties into his message so it's called, much. It's called Fuck Your Pizza Party. Fuck and your it's someone pizza party. flipping a table frozen in time of like a pop-up foodie art installation. It's like the end of the movie, you know, do the right thing when they smash yeah. the pizzeria. And it's his message of do the right thing, uh, whether it's your peers, your fellow man. Artists, artists that you're hiring. Um, you know, I think it's universal message. Artists that you're message, to steal you know? from. Yeah, so I think the depth of his message and his build um, says more about this place than just, uh, you know, uh, selfie museum or selfie awareness. It's, 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 it's deeper, you know, um, yeah. the layers that there are. And I think that's why I like to walk people in. And I, that's why I think everybody here likes to walk everybody in themselves and explain to them. Cause I think when you walk through that space and you get to find out these little facts, these background stories, that connection it builds to you and him and why this is such a meaningful thing for us to push on to everybody and to kind of share our views. Um, I think you walk away with emotional attachment, like, Oh fuck, this this isn't just a place for uh, pictures. This isn't just a place to see my favorite artist uh, building shit 
that is over the top. You're walking out of here with all of that, plus the background of why, who, what, where, yeah. when, and then what's to come. So it's 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 a never-ending story almost. You know, uh, we're just setting the the table for what's to come, and. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to have 12 different authors. Um, when I say that, there's 13. more, 13. There, and plus, it's it's not just them, it's everybody who works the space, you know? It's a collective effort. Um, like opening day, I was wearing overalls that had everybody's name from the artists to the pizza delivery guys to the people who put the lights on. And that was my way of saying thank you to everybody because, you know, on the set list, it might say 13 artists, you know, but there's no fucking way that this is just 13 artists. This is a giant machine of people who put their labor of love, whether it's the girls at the bar, the guys serving the pizza, the guys uh, delivering the lights, the guys nailing the art up, you know? Uh, those are the people that aren't seen, the photographers, the videographers. Um, and I think that this show is everybody together. It's mm -hmm. everybody as one. Uh, it's Speaking everybody of as the sponsors unit. too. Oh yeah. Because those motherfuckers, PBR and Cut and Dry, they and, and our pizza partners, like Delicious Pizza and Prime Pizza, they put a lot of faith in this that th that we weren't going to do some crazy shit because there was a bunch of wild kids that they gave money to and they were like please do right by us because there was a chance with a show that th that could be this potentially abrasive that um it could cause some controversy and they still put money into it anyway and we're highly appreciative and that's one oh, of yeah. the things that I, that was the last note i wanted to touch 100%, 100%. on which is that and and one of the things i talked to jbr about in that um article she put on we like la um she wrote a really good piece by the way everyone should look that piece up just look up nothing cheesy with the z and we like la you'll find it but um she uh we commented on that she was like is there a way that corporations can make this kind of stuff because they want to and really what it comes down to is you got it the same way a gallery has to be just good curators that's like you know there's a lot of things galleries have to do but that's probably the most important if you boil it all down um good curators good collaborators uh you can commission artists to do all this stuff and it can be a commission you can say hey i want you to make this thing that functions this way and looks more or less this way but i want you to do it in your style if you want something that's going to fit into your marketing campaign instead of making it yourself and trying to rob other artists that you mm -hmm. saw, oh, I saw this guy do this thing. Let me, and that happens to Della Desso all the time. He all invent, the time. The inventor, the godfather of grime, he makes this like grimy, cheesy, dripping style. Apparently Taco and, Bell thinks they made it. Yeah, yeah. So. Taco Bell and other brands have, uh, have fired, taken Taco it Bell. many times. Um, instead of doing that, just reach out to the artist, hire them. They're going to be honored. You're supporting an artist's career and you're going to make, it's going to look so much better for oh, you man. too. I for think that that's to what's lost. Uh, uh, I think that's a disconnect with these corporations. I think the lack of, uh, faith and respect to the artist, um, things can go wrong, it, but you got to just put in trust. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, if you want that product and if you want that look, um, you know, often corporations and people, you know, with big companies, you know, they want to save money, cut corners. And that's why a lot of these things happen. You know, their interns will run it. And uh, once uh, they're done with it, it's on to the next one, you know. Um, but I think if you do put your faith and you, and you put your your uh, your ideas and your what you want out of it into the artist and you say, hey, you know, let's work together. Let's let's do it your way. Um, I think you're going to gain more it's the authenticity um and plus the message and the way things go i think you're unraveling a better way of doing things because it's done so fucking frequently where people are just doing the negative way just taking stealing and uh, there's no accountability you know um well the other thing is like if you're if you're hiring the artists 
to do it and you're pumping money into them, you know, what's going to happen is they'll, they'll go and they'll turn around and they'll make more work. Oh yeah. They'll make more work. They'll make Mm -hmm. more work of this nature, which will, which will raise the bar in terms of what the quality can be. They'll learn more about it. And then the next time you want to do one of these things, it's only going to be better. And you're only going to have more people excited to check it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause like there's only, there's only novelty only takes us so far. Right, the first time you see something like this, you're like, "Holy shit! This is like they do this kind of thing." The third mm-hmm. time you see something like this, if it's still only showing what the first one did, you're like, "I'm bored with those. Yep. I'm over yep. it." Yep. Like, I didn't learn anything. I didn't experience anything. Uh, I didn't see anything I hadn't seen before. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not moving me. Yep. Right. So that that part of building the ecosystem is is absolutely essential. If if this as a form is going to continue, like it's people got to, people got to innovate. People got to go deeper and go to that next level. Um, how much longer are we here? How much longer do we have some nothing? That's kind of up in the air. I mean, we've got the, everything's built forever. We don't, yeah, (laughs) we don't have to spend too much money to maintain it. Um, I like to say that these things are sandcastles. We build a beautiful sandcastle. We let the tide wash it away and we build the next one. That's what Think Tank's philosophy on building these things. We've been tempted to leave our coffee shops or our skate parks or whatever up for extended periods of time, but we have to take them down to build the next one. So that will happen. I don't know when, but, um, probably by haunt season because the the walls are all up and I want to rent it out to somebody who wants to do a haunt with every you know a $20,000 build here that they just get to have with at no additional cost and you know run something through haunt season what that means I don't exactly know I think um we're shutting down for like a week or so next weekend we'll open uh back up they plan coming yeah we're building a lot of uh events so instead of just having the space open we've really we've come to realize like um, one of our artists, her father made the only ever 3D spaghetti western film. Offensively bad, offensively offensive as well. Coming it's about at you, white women getting raped by Mexican banditos. It's really, really bad. So um, we screened it, and everyone <laughs> fucking loved it. Like there, there were people who came, je- who were like, oh "When's God. the fucking movie starting?" Yep. Like cinephiles who just found out that this movie was playing. The and place like, was packed. It was, and it was great. And we were like, you know what? That's what we're doing now. To every single ticket already, you get twenty dollars a shit. You get a five dollar slice of pizza, fifteen dollar pin, and your eighteen dollar ticket. But uh, we're like, we're going to add that to every night. So we're doing gaming nights and movie screening nights and pool parties and whatever else that we come up with. Um, So Thursdays through Sundays will be open basically throughout September. So by the time, are you publishing this, what, like Friday or something like that next week? It'll be, it won't be this this. Friday, but the Friday after. Yeah. Perfect. We'll so. have all the programming announced by then, so you can just go to nothingcheesy.com, cheesy with a Z, and you'll see a litany yep. of events. And to touch on what you said, uh, it's our goal is once we started this, I think everyone's on the same page, and uh, we all agree that by the last day that we're open, that's going to be our best day because by that point, we want to have every I dotted every T crossed everything added to it to make it the best fix any corrections that need to be made add anything to accentuate the the feeling so I always say and everybody's on the same page that our last day is going to be our best day because we want like you said the first time you see it it's oh wow it's incredible but second third time it's going to be watered down for you so we want to keep it as interesting and flowy as possible um, where the main specific 13 builds stay intact uh, and we will add on to it to make them better but the back room de la Desos, uh pizzeria where you get your pizza beer entertainment 
there's always going to be an event like Jacob touched on, whether it was the movie, whether it's a drink and draw with the artist, burlesque whether shows. it's a burlesque show, whether it's going to be the 666 uh, pizza costume party, $6 drink, $6 admission, $6 beer. Um, there's going to be prizes for that. We're going to have a artist fair in the back where friends of ours come. We do a little swap meet in the back. So we want to do something where you're going to come, you're going to experience the fun, you're going to experience the madness, the insanity, taking all the grease, but at the same time, we're going to have something different in the back where we're going to keep it fun and, and going. So that way you're not going to keep coming to Chuck E. Cheese and play the same fucking game and yeah. uh, walk out with the same little bullshit prize. <laughs> so we want you to come with a, with a new feeling, a new experience every time you leave and uh, something to tell your friends like, oh shit, by the way, uh, if you like this crazy 3D fucking spaghetti western, they're playing it here. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean? Go through yeah. the experience and go watch that then. And next week they're going to have a skate jam where, you know, we want to keep it fun and we want to keep it where it reflects our backgrounds and what we like to do and kind of share that experience with everybody else. And, uh, and we I were, think that's the best part. Yeah, well, so, I don't know, mid-September, but we were told, uh, just go to nothingcheesy.com, you'll see a bunch of different events. We were told... It's not a success until you're swiping through Tinder and girls got profile pictures of your art installation. So then I'm not on Tinder. So someone please advise. Yeah. <laughs> same. Same. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank man. you. Once again, I want to thank Jacob and Bobby for being our guests on the show today. And you can keep up with what's going on at the gallery at Nothing Cheesy. That's N-O-T-H-I-N-G-C-H-E-E-Z-Y dot com. What a great URL to own, too. That's a pretty good URL to have. Hold on to that one, boys. It might be worth millions. Um, a great URL game. Hey, uh... I forgot to tell you something at the start of the show because that's what I do. <laughs> something kind of important too. We're live streaming next week. Uh, this is actually a fairly big deal for us because it took. Uh, we tried to do a live stream last week, uh, top of this week. I don't know where time's going. Um, I need more coffee is what I need. And I've got like a little bit left. Um, we're, we're live streaming next week. Uh, we had some problems, technical problems. Now we figured it out. And we're starting off a, a, uh, a weekly... Uh, well, two bi-weekly live streaming series. So on alternate weeks, we're going to do Everything Immersive, where at 7 o'clock Pacific Time, uh, PM, uh, we're going to stream and talk about the latest goings-on in the immersive world. Uh, we're going to have uh, like two or three members of the team and members of the extended Everything Immersive family come on board. Um, it'll be like 10 o'clock for the, for the, um, East coast folks. So it'll be like a late night show for them. It'll be like an early evening show for us on Pacific time. And, um, everyone's going to bring a topic and it might be drawn from everything immersive this week or the week before. And we're gonna, we're gonna do an hour. Um, so about 15 minutes, uh, per topic or a little bit less than that, get a little conversation going on. And we're always going to have, we're going to always going to attempt at least, I don't want to make a promise I can't keep, but our goal is to have at least one listener audience member uh, submitted topic. You can submit that topic at the no pro slack. We have opened up a, a thread in the office hours, hashtag office hours uh, channel. Uh, there's a thread in there. 
offer up your questions uh, or your topic suggestions, and uh, the team will tackle those. We're just gonna we're gonna keep piling those in there, uh, and and um, you know pluck one out at a time. Uh, alternating weeks, same bat time, same bat channel, that being the No Persinium YouTube, which you can get to at youtube.com slash C slash No Persinium, because they had to make it more complicated than just youtube.com slash No Persinium, but let's not get into that. Um, you can get to C slash No Persinium, uh, again, 7 p.m. Uh, on Tuesdays, alternating weeks, it's going to be a show we call Everything Else where the extended universe uh, jumps in on pop culture issues of the day um, because we don't just do immersive uh, in our lives. And uh, I think it'll actually help everyone understand where everybody's coming from. So movies, books, music, um, anything pop culture, anything culture related, uh, we're going to get in. Uh, politics, meh, probably, you know, as a side reel thing. Um, you know, everything, everything gets touched on, but this is not, uh, not going to be a politics talk show. I mean, it's, it's, I make it fairly obvious where I stand on things. Uh, but, um, you know, there's, there's more to life than that, which is about 85% of our lives right now. So just trying to keep a little sane oasis for myself. If you want politics, go on my personal Twitter. Um, it happens there. Okay. Um, there, that's that's where to go. Please, please do not mix it up with me on Twitter on politics. I will, I will just not be happy about that. Uh, probably, maybe I will. We'll see. You never can tell. You usually can tell. Okay, uh, but seven p.m. Tuesdays from now on out, every other week, everything immersive and everything else. Uh, featuring the No Pro and Everything Immersive teams. Uh, we don't have our lineup for the first one set yet, but uh, I know who I'm going to ask. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for us to uh, start doing this. I'm sure the first few shows will be bumpy and terrible, uh, but we're going to keep at it because, um, hey, it's what the kids seem to like. <laughs> No, and also there's a bunch of stuff coming up soon, so I'm really excited uh, about our first Everything Else because um, it'll be right after uh, D23, and there'll be some some big announcements across the pop culture spectrum there, and there's just, there's a bunch of stuff coming on, and you know we've already been talking, I've been talking to Jeff Heimbuck about stuff, and uh, David uh, Spira is really excited about uh, doing some stuff with Anthony around Survivor, because I don't know if you know, but Anthony was on Survivor way back when, and the Survivor premiere for the season is coming up. Um, and so there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff uh, crossing over um, where pop culture meets our world and our world meets pop culture. So uh, the, everything else is going to be fun and everything immersive, uh, you know, I just, I I want us to be able to talk about, uh, you know, the trends, the issues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that's a good place for the team to get together and do that. And one thing we're going to do with these is I'm going to yank the audio down. And um, so long as we don't go over the caps, we're going to pop these in as bonus episodes of the podcast. So they will not be numbered, but you will also be able to find them here in the feed. That is the plan. Let's see if the plan works. And why are we doing all this? because you guys are paying for it. Um, and we've got, you know, we're, 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 we've got a bunch of other initiatives going on and I, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but we are, are looking to uh, give you more, everything we got and more because you pay for it. And uh, that's just what I want to do for forever. And uh, I, I honestly, I enjoy the weeks where I'm, I'm, 
pretending that I just work for you guys. Those are, those are my favorite weeks. They really are. Um, but speaking of, I got some freelance I gotta go do. So I'm gonna go do the freelance so that, uh, so this thing stays alive. But, uh, if you want to help out, so many of you are backing already. Um, if you're not, remember a dollar a month is 25 cents. So a week, 25 cents an episode, basically, plus everything else you get. So patreon.com slash no proscenium, a buck, please. If you are already, um, spread the word. It, it really helps when people spread the word about the show. Review us on iTunes. Uh, share episodes you like. Uh, there's there's tons of stuff uh, that can be done. Uh, and there's there's things that I know that we can do more. Um, and I'm... Um, you know we're 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 gonna get we're gonna get cleverer and cleverer as we go on. So that's where we stand at the moment. Get ready. There's a hell of a lot more coming. And thank you so much uh, for staying with us for the whole run of the show today. Let's do the credits. The music for No Proscenium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. He's also a Patreon backer. Uh, and the Speakeasy Society's Johnny Cycle is starting back up. Uh, so you should go check that out. We're going to have more on that soon. The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Baltazar, Jan Bubman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, and Samuel Mustry. You can contact us. Uh, we're uh, at nopersinium.com. You can find us at nopersinium on Twitter and Facebook at no underscore persinium on instagram if you have a show you want to get into our newswire it's pitches at nopersinium.com same thing if you're looking for coverage on anything and of course to financially back the show patreon.com slash nopersinium we need your support i'm your host noah nelson and until next time i'll see you at the show <laughs>